played this game in five years. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more with your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hello, I'm Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome to the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 273. You are joined by returning guest to the show, the absolutely wonderful Kate Siegel. At time of release, her new movie Hypnotic is available on Netflix now. She lets you in on the making of this unsettling and unique psychosexual thriller that is perfect for spooky season and will have you gripping the edge of your seat. Not only do we crown Kate the official queen of Halloween, but unveil the origin of her new title, Sorceress of Tears which sounds like it would be a rad gothic horror movie or an amazing novel now. Explore her love of reading, the possibility of her writing some more original screenplays, and so much more. Crack open a sleeve of Triscuits and kick back with Kate Siegel, because she rules. It is episode 273, and it starts now. Have you ever tried hypnosis? I want you to concentrate on the light. Find yourself in a beautiful forest. Hello? What happened? How did I get here? The last time I remember was being at home, sitting at the table. But now, I'm having weird dreams. You're killing someone use hypnosis with ill intent. Or do it to control me. Whatever his reason, I don't think he's done with you yet. There's no private residence, no employers. The man is basically a ghost. We're missing something. Most of his patients happen to die from extreme fear. This is Gina. It's Dr. Mead. Get it off of me. Get what off? An idea planted in the mind. They know this place would blossom into a whole new reality. introduce yourself thank you all right here we go here we go joining the boo crew via the speakeasy studio is a returning guest an absolutely wonderful storyteller whether it's through her early work in several emmy nominated tv shows acclaimed short films and features from numbers to ghost whisperer to her stunning portrayal of maddie in 2016's remarkable multi-award winner hush that she also co-wrote our guest is a magnificent Anomaly. She seems to effortlessly imbue tremendous gravity and strength into every character she fades into. It's why her roles are preciously memorable and meaningful to everyone who experiences them. Her intelligent and romantic approach to the craft is the magic that turned the haunting of Hill House's Theodora Crane into an icon and hero. It's why the world seemed to stop when she entered the halls of Bly Manor and gave arguably the best performances in television history through Aaron in Midnight Mass. Definitely the most impactful and certainly at a time when we needed at the most because that's just what she does she makes the world stop so that we can reflect meditate learn grow and go on a journey that's what tremendous actors do 
Her latest project is an absolute blast from start to finish, and what a journey it is. The time of release, Hypnotic, is available exclusively on Netflix October 27th. We are honored to welcome back its star, the illustrious Kate Siegel. Yeah! I mean, that's why I'm on this podcast so much is for those intros. I just love it. And anytime it shows up, you guys, I'm like, okay, yeah, great. Just for that. I'll talk about anything. Well, congratulations on Hypnotic. And with all this amazing Kate Siegel content out, we are crowning you official queen of Halloween. Oh, my God. Finally, I promise to rule with dignity and justice. And um, my platform will be vending machines in the cafeteria. Oh, wow. We are in. Vote. (laughs) Two votes here. So speaking of platforms, on Instagram, and this is something we haven't really talked about, Kate loves books with uh, the number eight, right? Yeah. K8 loves books. I, um, I'm a huge reader. I'm more of a, a reader than like a music listener. So I thought back when we were doing Midnight Mass and, and including Hypnotic, I read so much on set. I read so much during my downtime. And I wanted to get into maybe sharing some of those book recommendations because I follow a lot of what they call bookstagrams, which is like Instagram book recommendation accounts. Where did your love of reading come from? It started, actually, my dad had a full bookshelf of Stephen King, everything that Stephen King had written up to, you know, that date, which was like, I don't know, the 90s. And it was such a, like, intriguing thing. And he had told me, you know, it's really scary. You can't read these yet. You're not old enough yet. And and he must have known, like, that's such a trigger for my stubbornness. I would sneak down into the basement and read at night when I, they were sleeping. And, and it became this thing that was almost transgressive. And so it always feels like sl- uh, like slipping into a portal whenever I read. So it's meditative. In what ways do you find that reading helps make you a better actor? Acting, I think great acting is all about creating the emotional experience in the viewer. So a good actor can create a a real emotion in themselves when they're not, there's not an external stimulus, but a great actor creates a legitimate emotional experience in the viewer with when there's no real emotional stimulus, except for the show and reading taught me how to dive so completely into a character that I could start creating emotions in other people, give them an actual emotional experience. And so when I approach a character I don't necessarily think of it as what I want to see on the screen. I think of like the thought processes, the inner monologue, the way it would look on the page. And so that kind of depth of thought, I think, really helps inform my acting choices. Would you say there's one book in particular that changed your life the most or was most impactful? The Stand by Stephen King. Yeah. I'm on a crusade currently, which is that I think in general, horror as a genre in film, TV, and books isn't taken seriously enough. People tend to push it to the side like like it's a secondary character or like a nerdy kid at school. Like They don't take it seriously, but it's such an important genre in our experience of the world. And I think The Stand is one of the great American novels. I truly do. Like In the same way you would call East of Eden by Steinbeck, a great American novel, The Stand deals with... Um, Americana in a way that is addressed through horror, which makes it accessible, which makes it understandable. You have complex characters going through intense circumstances. And when I read that and I realized a book could be both 
enthralling and also teach you intense lessons. That's the stories that I seek out as an artist to be a part of. Would you ever want to write a book? God, no. God, no. <laughs> I do you not would be so good patience. at it. No, you say that and that's so kind of you. But I just, I am so... Um, I can be flighty with my art. I want to focus on one tiny thing at a time, which is why like, I don't want to direct because that's too much multitasking. My life, and you guys know this, you have kids, like my life with multitasking with children, it burns my brain out. And so I like my job to be one focused task. Writing screenplays, you've wrote Hush or co-wrote Hush, which was yeah. an incredible job. Is that a side of you that you want to delve into or is that something you're working on now? Are you working on screenplays and writing any ideas down or thoughts? I do. I'm writing right now. I've written um, a pilot for a TV show oh, amazing. And, and I'm writing a little bit. It's again, it is writing for me is not the same escape as acting. Writing for me takes focused attention and with being the queen of October yeah. and ruling <laughs> with <laughs> Justin. <laughs> I don't quite have the time right now to sit down and like focus my brain to the written word. I hold it in such reverence that maybe I'm a little scared as well. Sure. No, I get that. That said, when and how did you even make time for hypnotic with your busy production schedule over the past while and as well as the pandemic making things not any easier? I was so excited when the script for Hypnotic was sent to me. I this is the type of movie I grew up loving. These right. like psychosexual thrillers with like twists and psychological um, twists and turns, and it's a real romp. And it's got that female lead and very much like a sleeping with the enemy or kiss the girls. And I was just so excited. It was a no brainer for me. I was like, this is going to be so much fun. And it was from day one to wrap of show, to promoting it, to watching the movie, to getting to share it with everybody. I am just like giddy with joy over what a romp this is. It has that 90 spirit of those movies, like yes. the crush and things like that. <laughs> we had oh such God, a I missed all watching. that. What is that one with Mark Wahlberg on the um, roller coaster? Oh, fear. 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 Yes. yes. All so of that. Good. And you just love it. And it's the type of movie you want to sit with all of your friends and watch late at night and yell at the screen and be like, what? And then just like laugh and fall. It's just so much fun to be a part of something like that. And the energy of the creative process, like Suzanne and Matt, our directors, and Jason, my co-star, and even Netflix's feel about this movie, just knowing they wanted to make something fun and exciting for Halloween. And I really, I was just so tickled to be a part of it. And the script is insane. There's a lot insane. of juicy Easter eggs in the way it unveils itself. <laughs> it's, it's nonstop. I mean, it does not let up the moment it starts. It's spicy as hell. Conspiracy yeah. theories. And the guy who wrote it, Richard DeVideo, who actually did 13 Ghosts remake, which everybody loves and has had, had a big resurgence. So there's that element as well. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid growing up in Canada in the 80s, I would always see this commercial for the man they call Ravine. He was a stage hypnotist. And that was the first time I got exposed to the world of hypnosis. What did you learn about hypnotism going into this? Well, it's funny. I, um, my stepson is really into magic. He was really into um, Penn and Teller's Fool Us on TV. Yeah, He's yeah. really into 
that kind of stuff. And there's a bit of hypnosis in magic, right? There's a bit of magic in hypnosis. And that was my only knowledge about it. And then I purposefully didn't want to know too much because my character doesn't know a lot about hypnosis. And I felt that that I wanted to kind of bring her sense of judgment and her sense of of disbelief into the, the into Jason O'Mara's office. And so I know a lot of people have used it successfully. I've never tried it, probably because I'm scared. Yeah. Because <laughs> that the world of the subconscious and dreams and why we sleep and why we dream and what is controlled that what is controlling our brains that we don't understand, that terrifies me. The idea that somebody could control that part of my mind and make me think I'm making my own choices, but I'm not. That, that seems like just ooh, full body shivers. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and all that like missed time that we see Jen go through in the movie oh, is terrifying because you're yeah. a great avatar because we are going through that journey with you kind of in real time, right? She gets hypnotized, yeah. wakes up. Who knows what happened? And we go through that journey with you as you kind of discover this of what did happen. So yeah. Matt and Suzanne are the directors and we love their movie, The Open House that came out a few years mm -hmm. ago. What did you enjoy about the dynamic of their approach to working with you and the other actors and kind of creating that perfect environment for you to play in? I had never worked with a directing team before. Um, and what I love about Matt and Suzanne is that they are two halves of a brain and they're so good at communicating non-verbally with each other that we've got one person and this goes back and forth. They switch with between who's dealing with the actors and who's dealing with um, like lighting and other technical situations, but they were completely connected. And so it was like having two fully developed brains focused on, it's like a conjoined twin situation. I almost felt like conjoined twin directors and they understood acting because Matt is also an actor. And so he understands it completely. And Suzanne has the whip smart brain when it comes to production. And so having the two of them together, it was like, it was like getting to drive a Ferrari. I was like, this is amazing. Whoa, look at all these fun choices. Look at all this input. Look at all this focused vision. And they, I mean, they're definitely going places. They have such talent and vision. I would, I'd be so thrilled to work with them again. This was filmed during the height of the pandemic, right? COVID central. Mm -hmm. How did that work? Was it like, where was this filmed in relationship to Midnight Mass? Did you do it before or after? I did it um, almost immediately after. So uh, Midnight Mass wrapped right before Christmas. And I believe Hypnotic started in February. Oh and so gosh. it was it was quick, but I, I just loved the fun script so much. And I again, I was a fan of Matt and Suzanne. So I thought, you know what, I might as well just dive in because it was in Vancouver and I was in Vancouver anyway. And so and Mike was shooting the Midnight Club at the time. So there was a reason for us all to be in Vancouver. And at that time, having gone through Midnight Mass, this had been a part where a part of the year where COVID protocols were pretty set up according to like unions and Netflix is really safe when it comes to that stuff. So we had regular testing in KN95s and very focused. It felt more like the new normal than something we were learning at the time. The Boo Crew will be right back. This is the voice of a woman dreaming of her lover. Oh, please, darling, pull me close. I love you so much. And this, a woman having a nightmare. 
What are dreams? What do they mean? When you dream, you wander into another world where everything is strange and terrifying. When you dream, you too become a Nightwalker. The Nightwalker brings Robert Taylor and Barbara Stanwyck together again in the film Shocker of the Year. Yes, I do have a lover. Tell me his name. I wish to God I could, but he's only a dream. And now, a warning from producer William Castle. Our new picture, The Nightwalker, may force you to dream of things you're ashamed to admit. If you can't stand your own dreams, don't see The Nightwalker. The Nightwalker. Tell us about Jen. I mean, she is such a great character. She's got that former relationship with Brian that, that's got some trauma in it. She's between jobs when we meet her, which is where a lot of us are right now. There are quick scenes yeah. thrown in like that communication um, or things that communicate so much about how she's a pr- very protective of those around her. We see that in some of this writing. She's strong, but she's also freaking hilarious. She's got an amazing sense of humor, which makes her really likable and charming. What I love about Jen is that she has, again, like you said, that real every woman quality, very, very much an avatar for the audience. Jen approaches her life, which has been like rough. She's had a rough go of it in the last couple of months and years. And so she but she approaches that with humor and a sense of sarcasm to kind of diffuse her own pain, which, you know, in the long term doesn't help us. But in the short term is heck of a lot of fun to watch and it also a lot of fun to play getting to put in a little bit more of that sarcastic comedy a little bit more of that like charm and a little bit more of that sass very much enjoyed jen for that is that she doesn't ever she doesn't ever like sit in her feelings and feel sorry for herself jen is just like getting through her day and kind of annoyed about it and like having fun and hanging out with her best friends and like most of my characters Jen thinks she's in a rom-com until she's not. Right. (laughs) (laughs) From the very first, like your very first line is Jen. We were both looking at, we were laughing so hard when she shows up with a plant at the party. It was amazing. Oh my God. Okay. So I have to tell you guys, I imprinted so much on that plant because it was really early on in shooting. We shot um, a little bit block schedule, but pretty close to the way the movie looks. And I loved that plant so much and it was so sad. And I, at the end of that scene, I said to the prop master, I was like, can you, can you just make sure that this plant, can you feed it and like make it okay? And um, I, for the rest, cause I didn't have time to take care of a plant. I had to take care of two kids, <laughs> but um, I, every couple of days I would ask him like, how's the plant doing? He's, how's plant Jen? He's like, Jen's amazing. She's thriving. She's glowing. And at the end of shooting, the plant shows up healthy and happy in my trailer. Aww. And I so hold uh-oh, on. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I was like, this is knock so it over great. Something. And I have, and I love plant Jen and I run out and find props. And I was like, this is the best. Thank you so much. This is Jen from the very beginning. And he was like, oh no, that plant was so dead. This is a brand new plant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What kind of plant was it? An aloe vera? What, what kind of plant was it? No, oh God, it, it has a very fine um, Latin name that I don't know, but I can, I'll probably post about it on Instagram. 
Um, because I still have plant gen. Oh my Aww. gosh. She's thriving. She's thriving. <laughs> were there any lines that were improvised that made it onto the film or was everything? Did you guys stick to the script? There was a, actually, Matt and Suzanne gave us quite a bit of room to improvise in this. Um, a lot of the stuff between me and Gina in, on the morning after, that was a lot of improv. They let me drop in a lot of sarcastic one-liners, but it's, it's hard. Like when I watch the finished film, there, there are slight moments of it, but for the most part, we're sticking to the scripts. But during the creation of the scenes, there was a lot of improv. And I can always point out where it was allowed, where we were allowed to kind of fly off for a little bit. And Jason O'Mara is so charming but creepy as hell. But he does it in a very suave way and it makes him really unsettling and not to spoil anything. Do we trust him? Do we not trust him? Secrets are going to be revealed, but we do end up in some very tense scenes with the guy and he is a master. What did it feel like in the moment to be the focus of that intensity? It is exactly what you said. It's a huge tsunami of attention. When Jason, when Jason turns his spotlight on you, it is very bright. He's very much, he's got that young Anthony Hopkins feel to him. And I loved it, mm. but there's nowhere to hide. Like Jason is a truth rocket. Like he wants to find the real moment. And if it's false, he's going to throw something that gets you off that beat. It was a, like, it was a, he's one of my favorite dance partners I've ever had. It's always real with Jason. He's always playing like top level tennis with you. And he's also a blast on set which I've started posting some of these behind the scenes yeah, videos. Saw some, yeah. <laughs> and I, I have, I just would annoy him so much. It made me so happy. And I think it was how I counterbalanced the intensity you talk about in the film. Yeah. Because I would really like, he would wash over me and I would, a gen, you know, is like just completely swept away and some really in, intense and, difficult moments happened to her. And I think the way I would get back at him was like a little sister by just like recording him during prep. There's somewhere I go into his trailer. I'm just like, just, just bugging him like his kid sister. (laughs) (laughs) How did you build those scenes where the terror for all of us is that total lack of control and you're there catatonic in some moments and and the thing that you experience in Dr. Graham's office, for instance, how do you go there and go all the way, but in a delicate manner that feels real? So a lot of that for me is um, the conversations I have with my directors ahead of time. Sure. I get remarkably specific with those conversations. So in the moments where I was paralyzed, that's a mental thing. He hasn't put a paralysis in me. So Matt and Suzanne and I, I would like dig real deep in there and be like, well, can I move my eyes? Like, obviously uh-huh. I can breathe. Obviously, like breath is a part of it, but what is Jen's understanding of paralysis? So we decided that it was like she would have felt it everything in her muscular skeletal system. So everything in her uh, nervous system would still work. So like breathing and blinking and sweating and things like that. Just the true understanding. So I knew exactly where my boundaries were, right? And then in Dr. Graham's office, I was like, what is the trigger he actually gave? And, and we decided that it was because he has these very specific phrases mm-hmm. that the idea was he wanted her that my tongue would swell up so that I couldn't speak if I tried to tell people what happened. And so in knowing that specificity immediately before the scene, and then I create 
as much of a safe space as I can in the moment, which I normally do by joking around a lot and being goofy. So that if I feel like I've embarrassed myself before they call action, no matter what I do after action, it doesn't really matter. So I'll like be like doing silly dances and really just getting rid of any um, like inner critic. And then, and then this is the hardest part is that once they say action, you kind of have to let everything go, all the plans, all the conversations, and just kind of see what happens. And then, and also know that this is my film is way different than stage. If it's not great, they'll just do it again. And so you let yourself, I have to let myself off the hook of having to be perfect over and over and over again. And so, and we try it. And then once I've found that the directors I work with, once they understand the way I kind of work with this goofiness before and around action and cut, and then I'm, I'm real game to try anything during those moments. And then it starts to be really collaborative. Most directors really like that because I'll do whatever. And they'll be like, that's so cool when your eyes rolled back. Can you get them even further? Or like get your hands up into frame and, and we'll all just start really playing with it. There's a moment, uh, one in particular I could think of where there's a, it's an insane continuity thing. I don't know how you did it, but there's like, one tier and it kind of goes between two scenes you're the same person in the same place but everything around you kind of changes but you look exactly like you've preserved the emotional continuity is there a magic trick behind that do you know what moment i'm talking about it involved the red dress yeah and i am um i'm deeply sorry to tell you this guys but i can cry from either eye any number of tears both eyes sob on command how? how? What is yeah. it? What do you, how do you get yourself there? I can tell it's, it has nothing. Uh, this is such a behind uh, inside baseball moment, but um, you know, and once I've done my prep work and all of that stuff, but for exactly what you're talking about, where the continuity of emotion is important. And I know that I want the scenes to edit together. So it's, so I'll think to myself like, well, it needs to be one tier and it needs to be like, if I'm turned, it needs to be camera side. So it's my left eye. And um So not every time, like, you know, there are moments in hypnotic and there are moments in midnight mass where it's just kind of floodgates open, but for stuff like what you're talking about, where it is a real close up and it really needs to match. It's a combination of um, holding my breath and flex. You kind of flex your sinuses on the inside and, um, and then letting my mind at that same time drift to something that makes me sad. And that combination of things will well up tears. And then I can kind of control it's just a thing. It's what makes me the queen of October. Oh, hell yeah, right. right? You're a sorceress of emotion. <laughs> a sorceress of tears. And, and like, you guys, I have to tell you, it really frustrates my husband because sometimes I'll just be in a mood and I'll be make, like be getting hot dogs or something. And I'll be like, do you want mustard or ketchup? And he'll be like, oh, I don't even like mustard on hot dogs. And I'll just look at him and I'll hear the Newton brothers score in my head. <laughs> And I'll just cry one tear. And I'm like, how dare you? Oh my God. <laughs> That's, That's like, incredible. I'm, I'm truly unbearable in real life, but it works for movies. <laughs> it's like a secret weapon. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. In mentioning that tear and a bunch of other ways that th- this thing is shot, because I think that's important to to bring up, is the mechanics of how this piece is shot. There's lots of 70s Palma techniques that we don't see a lot of split focuses and deep focus shots and Dutch yeah. angles, all these wonderful things. Can you comment a bit on the interesting voice of the camera in Hypnotic? 
That is 100% Matt and Suzanne. They knew exactly that's where their point of view really came across. And as they move forward in their journey and they get a little bit higher of a budget and they get a little bit more freedom, I think they're going to be moving towards real Fincher-esque techniques Mm. because they love that. They love that Oculus cameras with spinny spin. I'm using the real technique terms (laughs) like spinny spin and the split diopters and you use a wide angle lens close up. And this, this is where technique creates emotion sort of like similar to what i was doing with the crying one tear they can make the camera movements create emotion in people Mm. like discomfort and and there's a certain moment in the in that when uh, mead takes me out for coffee and it's the first time he we've decided he's used his trigger phrase so that the gen that is like amy starts to come out and you see in the scene i go from being like Jen to being this kind of more bubbly, sweet, flirty thing. And when that happens and he touches my face and takes the eyelash off, yes. Matt and Suzanne do something called jumping the line, which is when you have um, that's in layman's terms, it's so your eye lines match on both sides. So it feels like the two people are looking at each other when they talk, even though they're single shots. But if you cross the line like that, it creates a sense of something has changed. We don't know what it is, but I feel uncomfortable. And so Jason and I could continue playing the scene as if we were on a date, like just cute and sweet. But the camera work did the work of making the audience feel uncomfortable. And that's what a brilliant director does, because that's collaboration. And then knowing that Jason and I know that, and we don't have to you know, twirl our mustaches in that moment, because the creepiness is coming from production, not necessarily from performance. I'm just curious, because uh, I think you'd probably give an amazing answer to this. Tell us about a moment where another actor touched your heart, and then tell us about a moment where another actor changed the way you do things. So another actor who touched my heart was Lucy Guest, who plays my best friend, Gina. And when I got the pre-release a copy of hypnotic to watch and like get excited about so I could post and do all the things. There's a scene where there's a spider on her and I love her as an actor. She is open and so full of emotion and she's a tremendous director herself. And so she has a real understanding of how a set works. But when I read that scene, I was like, that's a hard scene. I don't know how a person plays that scene. And when I watched it in the movie, it is so authentic the way she just whispers the get it off of me and she's frozen. And, you know, there are some actors who would make the choice to scream that and like blow out the sound, but that's not authentic. That is, it was so terrifying. And I'm not even scared of spiders. And I was like, I am freaking out right now. And so in that way, she gave me a real roller coaster ride in my heart. And she really touched my heart that, that I, and I loved that. Um, and an actor who changed how I did things was Dulé Hill. TV's Dulé Hill, the most loved man in show business. You mentioned Dulé Hill to anyone. They're like, he's amazing. And I'm telling you people, they're not wrong. They're not lying. Dulé Hill's amazing. His attitude on set and his professionalism and his level of preparation is an inspiration because it is authentic and it is him and he is just a good man. And I learned so much about how to be in this industry from Dulé Hill. Well, we're getting the rap signal here. I guess mm. we'll let you go with uh, one more question. Did you have another question? If not, I can go ahead. Well, 
It was just about, since she's the queen of October, what her Halloween looks like. What her Halloween plans are for this year. Yeah, sure. Oh, yes. So I'm in Vancouver right now. And Vancouver is amazing for Halloween. So I'm literally, and this is the first year I think my kids can go door to door. And so I've got a real killer outfit planned that I'm not going to spoil. And my daughter's going to be Peppa Pig and my son's going to be Spider-Man. And it's going to be like... Like just the most iconic, normal movie Halloween. I'm going to steal all of their candy when they go to bed. (laughs) We're going to go to all the different houses. We'll probably watch a scary movie. I've been um, trying to get back through the Hellraiser series. So I'll probably do Hellraiser 2, which is a great movie. And um, yeah, it's going to be trick-or-treating in a scary movie. Probably hypnotic. There you go, right? That's actually, it's the perfect movie to watch after you trick-or-treat. It really is. Sure. It really is. It really. Yep. Put the kids to bed. Put on hypnotic. And put on hypnotic. <laughs> All right, Kate. Thank you so much for your time. We always, always appreciate it. And we love you so much. Great to talk to you guys. All right. See ya. Bye. See you soon. Bye. That was the Boot Crew Podcast, episode 273. Special thanks to our guest, Kate Siegel. Follow her at Kate Siegel Official on Instagram. At time of release, check out her new film, Hypnotic, available on Netflix right now. Production tracks for this one provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boot Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy, for disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.